Found too fast to prepare for this Tripping in the world could be dangerous Everybody's circling his vultures Negative, nepotist Everybody's waiting for the fallen man Everybody's praying for the end of times Everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run, I was born for this Whip, whip, run me like a race horse Pull me like a ripcord Break me down and build me up I wanna be the slip, slip Word upon your lip, lip Letter that you rip, rip Break me down and build me up Whatever it takes Cause I love the eternal end in my face I do whatever it takes Cause I love how it feels when All right. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. Today is July 29th, 2021. So tomorrow, remember, there is no show because I will not be in a location where I can actually stream at the time. Uh, so tonight, right after the show, it's only going to be an hour and a half, I'm hoping. Um, I just want to cover a few things. So I'm really, really hoping, crossing my fingers, that we finish by nine because I want us to watch a movie. And this is like an old school movie. So you have to be a Prime member because, you know, you can't watch a movie on Amazon Prime without being a Prime member. There's other movies I want us to watch together, but then you have to have HBO. You have to have this. So I stick with Prime because a lot of people have Prime anyway because they watch movies and stuff like that. So um, this movie is so dope. And not a lot of people know about this movie. It's one of those movies... You know how when you tell, you know, young people these days, depending on how they're raised though, right? Dude, ever watch the Goonies? And they're like, what's that? It's like, what? You don't know the Goonies? <laughs> Whatever. You know, I even took an epic picture of my kids on the beach, uh, you know, where the Goonies was taped out in Oregon um, as if they were heading to, you know, the little mountains and everything. Uh, you know, the, the, the peaks, right? So anyway, um, so we're going to watch a movie that I'm pretty sure some of you may have been like, yeah, I watched it. Some of you may be like, I don't think I watched it because uh, I really fancy watching it. So I'm going to watch it anyway. Um, so that's going on afterwards. Um, I don't know where to start today. I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but I think I want to start with told you so again. Well, it's because I've been, I've been really low and down, um, you know, obviously because of my dog's passing, but also health-wise, I've just not been feeling myself. Actually, something super bizarre, eh, I know it's probably just love, right? You know how when um, you uh, get, you know, like something in the mail and you're just like, you can feel the love coming out, right? Well, I was... Um, opening boxes because I like to take care and open things and write back to people. So I opened up one box today, just one. And I was like, and there was like this um, stone and I didn't even look at it. I just was like, I was so grateful. I said the person's name. Thank you very much for this. And I put it on. Right. And it was the first time this whole week. And I know it sounds stupid, right? But within like minutes, I felt clear, like I wasn't foggy. And it was some stone thing that they sent me. Um, so I guess it was just totally charged with a lot of love. Um, it's called the bloodstone. I felt incredible. Um, it, within 10 minutes, it felt like my eyes were like not... Um, 
not fuzzy, if that makes sense. Because I've been really, really busy um, for what I, I need to finish. I need to finish this um, decree and demand because I actually have to hand deliver it. Um, and so um, I just wanted to say that was that was pretty out of the ordinary. So I have been busy though, even though I've been kind of more on the quiet side, I have been busy. And if you guys remember, it was last week when I mentioned, and two weeks ago, actually, that I mentioned, I tapped into one of the Tory says state groups. I tapped into the uh, New Mexico group and asked someone to just go and drop an eyelash somewhere. Just tell me what they see. That's it. I just wanted to see a building you know? And, uh, a few people were like, yeah, totally. I can, I'm in the area. I'll, I'll pop over. And, um, well, and then I did this whole show where I showed you shit about New Mexico's coming down the pipeline. And well, here we go. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. We are going to rejoin NBC's Olympics coverage shortly, but we have breaking news to share with you right now. A major corruption investigation involving state representative Cheryl Williams Stapleton. Agents with the New Mexico Attorney General's office executed search warrants at her home and business early this morning, and they're looking for evidence in a case that includes allegations of racketeering, money laundering, and receiving illegal kickbacks. So Ryan Laughlin is live for us in the newsroom right now. So Ryan, you been going through those search warrants in this bombshell case. What have you learned? Well, hi, Danielle. This is that 32-page search warrant that shows what investigators went looking for inside Albuquerque Public School headquarters. Now, according to uh, investigators with the state attorney general's office, Representative Cheryl Williams Stapleton is connected with phony companies, essentially stealing money from Albuquerque Public Schools, her employer, which is all funded by your tax dollars. This investigation is rocking New Mexico politics. Uh, William Stapleton is a Democrat who serves as the House Majority Floor Leader at the Roundhouse. Now, law enforcement agents surprised William Stapleton at her southeast Albuquerque home very early this morning as they executed a search warrant there as well, looking for evidence in this case. Now, according to this search warrant, William Stapleton funneled money from Albuquerque Public Schools through a bogus robotics management learning company company, amassing over $5 million, going all the way back to 2006. And then she allegedly funneled money from this fake robotics company to her other private interests, like this restaurant. She owns this restaurant, and our cameras were there as agents showed up to a taste of the Caribbean this morning. It's right on Central, across from UNM. And the warrant shows 57 different checks for over $300,000 came from that robotics company and went to the restaurant. Now, we are working to gather more from state leaders so far, and we've heard from Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham this morning. She said in a statement, in part, that she's deeply troubled by the reports of this, uh, of this law enforcement investigation into Representative Stapleton, adding, New Mexicans expect and deserve elected officials who, regardless of party, will put the people before themselves. Anything less violates a sacred public trust and must be dealt with accordingly. We also just received a statement from members of the House Democratic leadership. They say they are shocked and dismayed by the deeply troubling allegations against Representative Stapleton and will cooperate with this investigation. But all in all, we're looking at over $5.3 million going to this robotics company and then nearly $1 million from that going to William Stapleton's private interests. The state has moved to seize those assets as this criminal investigation is really just getting going, Danielle. 
A lot to dig into, Ryan. Thank you. So now we've got foreign investigator Chris Ramirez, who's been on top of this investigation. And you're thinking, Chris, that the scope of this is going to go broader. Yeah, and here's why. We recently had a conversation with Attorney General Hector Balderas, and he had mentioned that it's possible that this scheme, this alleged scheme, has been going on for several years. And it's possible that leadership, past and present at APS, may have known about this, but the net gain for APS was so much so because she's a legislator, she's a very powerful legislator, she's in control of the state's finances as a legislator, so she was able to allow APS to get a lot of money over the course of a lot of years. And so if you're an APS leadership, and you're letting her skim off the top, uh, there could be potential criminal liability on your end if all these allegations are true. And that's a real problem. If you're an APS administrator and you knew about what was going on and you never reported it, that could be that could spell criminal trouble for you. So we'll see how that unfolds. What kind of political consequences do you think here? Well, as Ryan mentioned, she is in House leadership. She is the House floor leader, and that puts her in a in, in a position She's not of power. In jail either. And so I know I've I've spoken with a lot of people in political circles today, and uh, there's a lot of shock and dismay of these allegations. Um, you know, for House leadership, I think they really have to get together pretty soon and figure out how they're going to PR this, because quite frankly, this doesn't look good for Democratic leadership in New Mexico right now. And of course, if she is charged and found guilty, then we're looking at criminal consequences for William Stapleton. Yeah, and it's important to mention that at this point, what we have are search warrants. There is not an arrest warrant. So there are no criminal charges against Sheriff William Stapleton right now. Hector Balderas, the attorney general, says that could potentially change in the next couple of weeks. If she's charged, if she is found guilty of what she's alleged to have done here, there is serious prison time, years of prison time that she could potentially be facing. All right. We're going to have much more at five. Once again, want to recap for you the home and businesses of Representative Cheryl William Stapleton raided this morning by AG agents. They also served a warrant on APS headquarters in Uptown last night. She's under investigation for racketeering, money laundering, and receiving illegal kickbacks. Again, full coverage tonight at 5 o'clock right now. It is a very small win, very small win, but the reason the AG stepped in is because there's something bigger happening, and it could be that there's a little bit of a, let's get our hands on things and see how much damage we can cover up. What? Yeah. So let's watch another two pieces of coverage on this. They're only a couple minutes piece. Listen to what they say, because everybody says the same, but a little bit different. She's a longtime powerful state lawmaker, and tonight she's under a criminal investigation. The attorney general raided Representative Cheryl William Stapleton's home today, looking for evidence of possible racketeering and a potential kickback scheme involving an APS vendor. News 13's Rachel Knapp is in the studio with the corruption allegations. Rachel. Jess, this 32-page search warrant states an APS vendor had allegedly funneled nearly $1 million into different bank accounts connected to William Stapleton. Investigators believe this has been going on for years, but an APS employee finally caught something wasn't right. This morning, investigators with the Attorney General's office swarmed Cheryl Williams Stapleton's Albuquerque home, taking notes and looking for evidence of possible racketeering, money laundering, and other serious money fraud crimes. 
William Stapleton is a longtime state lawmaker. She currently sits as the House Majority Floor Leader, one of the top spots in the Roundhouse. She is also the Albuquerque Public Schools Director of Career and Technical Education Department. Initially, it was a series of procurement irregularities that caught the attention of the procurement director. In the search warrant, it alleges that William Stapleton convinced the district to contract with a software company called Robotics, which was supposed to be a computer software program that claims it provides quizzes to students and helps train teachers. But the warrant says when the district started asking questions about the company, William Stapleton would question them about why the district was looking into robotics. Despite the lack of tax records and credibility of the software program, APS kept its contract with robotics, ultimately dishing out about $5.3 million over 13 years. The whistleblower's concerns made it to the superintendent's office in April. He alerted the attorney general. We were immediately concerned and we thought it warranted further review. APS wait, would send payments wait, to robotics wait, to an Listen to that again. Box, $8 over 13 ultimately dishing out about $5.3 million over 13 years. The whistleblower's concerns made it to the superintendent's office in April. He alerted the attorney general. We were immediately concerned and we thought it warranted further review. So the whistleblower who went to Hector, <laughs> the whistleblower who went to Hector happened to be asked a question in regards to some money that APS had received from a company called Gemini. And this happened, I think, was it after one, two, three, the 26th, 27th of March? It was just a question you know, and how Gemini had provided some money for their cyber training program and that, you know, um, their name popped up and, you know, just had a couple questions. So again, thank you so much to that patriot that, well, one or two, I think, ended up going to the location. Thank you. You. APS would send payments to robotics to an Albuquerque P.O. box. Investigators say surveillance video shows William Stapleton accessing that mailbox. Investigators were able to track about a million of the money APS paid to robotics, routed to William Stapleton's nonprofits, to her bank accounts of S. Williams & Associates, and her restaurant called Taste of the Caribbean. Even though something very ugly was revealed, ultimately it wasn't swept under the rug. It was dealt with. In a letter, Superintendent Scott Elder said our previous system did not establish adequate controls over this employee. But APS says the district is in the process of making a stronger policy. And for now, where the rest of the millions went is still a mystery. But investigators suspect William Stapleton used some of it on trips at local stores and to buy two Volvos. I won't comment on the criminal case as far as uh, we still have a lot of work to do. I will say, though, as the attorney general, um, having looked at other cases, um, I would hope the New Mexico legislature will strengthen conflicts of interest and certain disclosures um, in order to mitigate uh, some of these risks. Yeah, had nothing to do with the fact that Gemini Rosemont, uh, you know, the whistleblower popped up on uh, those conversations. Uh back in March. I'm um, just saying. 
Gemini, Rosemont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Hold on. Let's see something else. Here's something interessante. Hi, Ron. APS Superintendent Scott Elder is really being held as a whistleblower. So, too, is the APS employee who oversees finances and caught this. Right now, we're told a dozen APS employees are on leave as part of this massive investigation of the district. Sometimes transparency reveals ugly truths. Attorney Luis Robles represents Albuquerque Public Schools. Today, he tells me at least a dozen APS employees are on paid leave during an investigation that is rocking APS. Robles says this spring, an APS employee who oversees finances for the district came to the superintendent with serious concerns. Concerns that high-powered lawmaker and APS employee Cheryl Williams Stapleton may have redirected almost a million dollars from APS. APS to her own pocketbook. The superintendent asked the attorney general to investigate. It was brought to uh, the uh, New Mexico attorney general's office and they concluded that there was more to the irregularities than we had ever understood or realized. The attorney general did investigate and believes William Stapleton used her position as a lawmaker to secure funding for projects she headed at APS. According to warrants in the case, over the years, APS paid $5 million to a company called Robotics LLC. A chunk of that money, they believe, went to interests involving William Stapleton, including the restaurant she owns and her son. In hindsight, when you look back at what's been written in the search warrants, it seems clear that how could you not see it? But that's with the benefit of hindsight. Instead, everyone at APS was only had the benefit of foresight. The search warrant says it was an APS employee who saw a pattern that check after check, year after year, was being sent to Robotics Inc. That raised red flags. APS has a billion dollar plus budget a year. There are millions of dollars in procurements and there is a vendor and an individual who are actively trying to hide their misdeeds. Now you all, William Stapleton is currently on paid leave from her position here at APS. So too, another 11 employees, APS sending out a news release late this afternoon saying it doesn't necessarily mean that those employees, those other employees did anything wrong, but they are part of this investigation and this process. At this point, William Stapleton has not been criminally charged. Live at APS headquarters, I'm Nancy Laughlin. KOT Action 7 News, back to you. Yeah, you see how people get motivated when they get shit like, hey, what were you doing? Do you like Zorro? I don't know. You know, hey, there's this email here. And, you know, I was just wondering, you know, what, what's this? And you know how conversation ensued afterwards from this bitch? Okay. Find out who, who took it there? Who did this? Who did this? Because this is a big problem. Shut up. Because now you're going to hurt the Bidens. And this is a big problem for me, says Hector. You just shut the fuck up, please. So, conversation that may or may not have happened. So, there's that on, uh, on New Mexico, right? Boom. That's done. So, now let's move along to the... Uh, you know, I think we'll leave uh, the conversation of the mandated vaccines later. Um, for the last half, what I wanted to take you to understand and um, realize how important it is, is 
the grooming of our younger generations. Uh, and I would really like us to see that because the grooming of generations is what's important. But before we do, I want you guys to just listen to what this person is saying. No, actually, I'll talk about that later. Let's put that over there. That should be before the vaccines. Let's see. Here. Before we start with how they're taking your kids, where are your kids? Are you watching them? Listen to what McCarthy says about Pelosi. Reports that prior to that, the National Guard was offered to where we hear the sergeant at arms said the optics were not right. We've watched Speaker Pelosi say during the riots of the summer, the discussion she had of seeing National Guard protecting the Lincoln Memorial. So yes, it's fundamentally different. Yes, if there's a responsibility for this capital on this side, it rests with the Speaker and the House administration. The House administration is solely pointed of the Democrats by the Speaker. It's interesting that she puts three of them on the committee. Zoe Lofgren, the chair of the committee, once proxy voting took effect, never came back to Washington. What does that mean? Starting in May, she was never here until the day of swearing in to vote for a Speaker. Even though IG reports talked about Capitol Police needed reform, they need better training. Even though the Republican on the committee ranking, Rodney Davis, produced legislation she would never bring up for a hearing. So yes, it does rest with them. All the effects, January 6th should not have happened. Those Capitol Police officers should not have to go through what they did. This line was broken in the Kavanaugh debates, but no change was taken since then. In the six months that Nancy Pelosi played politics, the Senate, not one, but two committees, bipartisan, looked at this. This has always been a partisan play. She picked Benny Johnson, who says it's all open except the Speaker. You can't question her. The power rests there. That's why we bring it up, because that's where the facts take us. Yes, ma'am. Um, the January 6th committee is expected to eventually subpoena a number of people. Is it your position, the conference's position, to fight any subpoena that may be issued against Republican members, including yourself? No, I think if they had uh, the five members that uh, we, the Republicans, want to put on there, we'd gladly go. If this is just going to be a D triple C, we don't see, we see it just as a sham. It's not something that's serious. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's Fast. Yeah, it's not really serious if uh, they don't let other people in. Now, before um, before anything, I want you guys uh, to understand that a communist nation, a regime, has to have the youth groomed and embraced. Yesterday, I, I believe I saw somewhere that Biden was having some form of event speaking at Mac trucks or something like that. I, I don't remember. And um, what I saw was that there were a lot of people out there with Trump one signs and stuff. But also there were um, Biden supporters. And I want to share that um that clip with you because something struck a nerve for me that I was just like, whoa, they're back. And rather than me jump onto the where 
they're back, here we go, right? I wanted to show you where they're back um, and how they got there. We're going to talk about how they alter children in the way they think, but also how they make them literally go to alters, like um, alters, like, you know, in like rituals and shit. This is legit stuff. This is what they do. And you have to think, where the fuck are the parents? Um, that is Come on, we're not your the climate crisis while solving yeah. the economic crisis at the same time. Come on. Sorry. You guys can really do better than Sorry. My bad. That just went off like crazy. I'm trying to get the video up so you can see them yourself. Um, give me a second. Um, union job. Because it was the most insane thing ever when I saw them. And you know that, you know, we've been watching all their chats and Zooms, and I wanted to walk you through how they actually get this done. Like, how do they convince the youth to do this? They pay them, of course, but what else? out there saying that he's an illegitimate president, that Trump won the F Biden signs more than anything else they were out there. indicates how the truth they uh, took an algorithm from 2010 and they plugged it into the 2020 presidential 
So oh, someone's been reading Tory's affidavit. Someone's been reading Tory's affidavit. Big problem here. That's that. That is what You can go and look at it yourself. That does not. That looks fabricated. That looks fabricated. Okay, here you go. Take a watch. Those are those are those children. Look. <laughs> There's more people there for President Trump. Look at the activists. There's like five here, five there. President Biden, Rep. Wild, and the whole PA Congressional Association to fight for the biggest, boldest climate investments possible to help us move away from fossil fuels to a clean energy future and make sure current and future generations of Pennsylvanians have a safe and livable climate. Oh my gosh, his mask fell off. So that was one, the act now. You see how they have various cells? Here's Sunrise Movement. And we're here today because we spent all of our last fall getting out the vote for Joe Biden. You know, we like texted till our fingers were blue and called people till our voices were raw. And we are upset that he keeps negotiating away our futures with Republicans. Um, like today, like he chose to come to Pat Toomey's hometown instead of meeting with the people who worked so hard to get him in office and work for him. So we're here today to tell Joe Biden, um, we're the ones who elected you. And what we want is a bold, robust civilian climate court included in that infrastructure package so that we can put millions of people back to work doing dignified um, job yeah doing dignified work getting paid well um, union jobs that is come on yeah, we're the your climate crisis also there. having the economic crisis at the same time come on you guys can really do better than this you really can look at them these are children whose parents were not involved at all in their uh you know the, in raising them except for the guy at the end holding uh the banner he seems to be like the coordinator righteous anger great righteous anger <laughs> Otherwise, coming to Mac, is he he wants uh, he wants uh, companies to go and call overseas. He don't want he don't want nothing American. Look at all those patriots, all ages. They all got paid, by the way. Oh my gosh, that guy looks crazy. So Biden is going there and there's 20 people only, right? Only 20 people, right? And there's like at least 50 just to point out that he's illegitimate. Now, I'm going to show you in a clip that was created um, by one of the people that sat in on the Zoom calls. I want you to listen carefully. This is the onboarding of a young man that's in high school, right? It's a young man that's in high school. Uh, he was being onboarded.
It's where he talks about um, going to the altar and putting in the sacrifice and whatever he was giving away and what he was fighting for. This is legit stuff. Okay. And then I'm going to show you some of the documents and some other clips so that you can understand just how insane all of this is and what they are doing to these children because they don't really understand. They don't. It is, you know, the most bizarre thing you will ever hear and see. This is how they operate. And it's so difficult because they send them off to camps in order to learn how to even make signs and banners, tell them how to use like projectors, how to put, you know, put them on, you know, paper and cloth in order to make them. Um, what else does he say? Um, oh, they have uh, a ton of them, you know, just working together to make these designs. Now, this guy's name is Jeremy. He's fresh out of high school and being onboarded. And um, he's totally describing these camps. Take a listen. And the first debate is going to be in June in Miami. So we need to ensure that whenever these candidates open up the newspaper or turn on the TV, wherever they go, and there's like 20 of them, so they're in a lot of places at all times, they need to be getting asked about the Green New Deal and about the no fossil fuel money pledge. And if we do that, we'll make it clear to them that if they want to earn the support of young people and be taken seriously on climate, they have to show, they have to show that they're actually willing to take a stand for our generation. So that work, doing all of that, showing up everywhere and holding these politicians accountable starts now. It starts with the road to the Green New Deal tour. And the town halls across the country are, are one of our best opportunities to do this this spring. Um, so over the next few weeks, tens of thousands of people are going to be showing up and they're going to be showing up from Huntsville, Alabama to Kearney, Nebraska, to Anchorage, Alaska, to Tucson, Arizona. I just want to tell you, so this woman, Varshney, is talking and this is the, this is just her and Jeremy, the fresh out of, you know, training. I want you to listen to what she tells all of these children. To Boston, Massachusetts. Tens of thousands of people who've never heard of the Green New Deal before. This is unbelievable. Um, and they are going to be coming together to discuss how the Green New Deal would protect people from the impacts of climate change and boost local economies. So I am so proud and excited for what we are about to embark on as a movement. Um, and I want to kick this right now to Jeremy, who many of you might know. Jeremy's amazing, a brilliant storyteller, a great organizer, and um, a, a huge leader with Sunrise Movement. And last year, Jeremy finished high school and jumped right into an electoral program with Sunrise called Sunrise Semester. And this year, he has been spending a lot of months planning uh, this Green New Deal tour. So he's going to share a little bit more about why these events are going to be so powerful. Take it away, Jeremy. Well, I got to say, Varshney is not bad either. And also, I've got to say that uh, Bridget here, who's going to be speaking a little bit later, is a great volunteer in the in the Boston Hub. Um, but first, I, I, I would just like to talk about, yeah, sort of what, what brings me to this. And to say, 10 months ago, I graduated from high school. Where the fuck are his parents? I came back to this house that night. I saw family and friends. And not the next day, but the morning after that, I went down to Pennsylvania. 
I was joining 70 people volunteering to go all in for Sunrise. We were at a week-long training together, and that first day of the training was nerve-wracking. There were a lot of things to learn, a lot of people to say hello to. We had been asked to bring to that boot camp, that training, an object that represented what it was we were fighting to protect from the climate crisis. I had a letter from a poet who writes about community. Someone had a bracelet from a best friend. Someone had a picture of their dad. And at the end of the evening, we had a ceremony where we shared our objects and built a beautiful altar together, an altar of what we loved and also of what we had to lose. It was the best way to get to know this movement, to understand the why of, of why we were doing this. And those objects sat there on that table for the whole week. And when we left boot camp and worked for five months to elect political champions, those objects, those reasons for working so hard remained with us. We can't build an altar of objects with 10,000 people. But we aren't asking you to bring objects. To build the movement, we need to win a Green New Deal. We need people, regular people. We need more people to participate in our democracy, to outweigh the fossil fuel money that keeps pouring into our politics. We gotta keep growing the movement. So you are welcome to bring the bracelet, the letter, the photograph to the tour stop. But definitely bring the person who wrote the letter, the, the best friend who made the bracelet, the person in the photograph. And bring along the person you wave to in the street and the, the, the person you work beside in school or at your job. That experience last summer of hearing people's stories it so honestly changed me. It grounded me in the stakes of the climate crisis and what we have to lose. And I know that if you come to a Green New Deal town hall, you're going to have that experience along with thousands of other people in the country. We're going to hear from political champions speaking alongside regular Americans struggling with dirty air and low-wage jobs, union leaders speaking alongside members of religious communities. Every person in this country has something to lose to this crisis, which is so big. And in these town halls, we'll be able to feel the strength and the weight of that. Bringing people to that experience. So I urge all of you tomorrow when I have no show to go back on iTunes or iHeart and find a podcast I did of how the Democrats use cults. Because Jim Jones, um, and we're not talking about General Jim Jones, right? We're talking about Jim Jones, the cult leader from Indiana that um, helped uh, shape the Democrats in California and bring them to power. The one that, oh, you guys really have to listen to those shows, they will open your eyes on how Feinstein, uh, you know, went to where she went on steps of blood, people being murdered, congressmen being murdered. And then these cults are so effective that a bunch of people killed themselves, too. It was a massacre. Wait, there's more. That's how we're going to change some hearts and minds. Because I can promise you, based off my experience, when you leave that town hall, you'll be a different person from when you went in. So listen, talk to someone you love, someone worth fighting for, and invite them to share this experience with you. And then also talk to someone you don't know so well yet, because that's fun, and also to discover why they're worth fighting for, because they are, and invite them too. 
So that's what tour is going to be, and it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, and I want to share this quick video with you because every time I watch it, I get I get very very hyped to go on tour. So I'm going to cue our our digital tech person to show us the video. We are building an army of young people to stop climate change. We can introduce legislation, but if the movement work is not happening, we're not going to win. And so you have to be doing this kind of incredible movement work. Bring it on, Koch brothers, because we have an activated sunrise. Who's ready to sign up? And um, that's also why I'm asking you right now to head to sunrisemovement.org-tour, or if you're watching on Facebook, to comment RSVP on the on the Facebook live stream. And so I'm going to take a sec to let you do that. To head to sunrisemovement.org-tour or comment RSVP on the live stream. And once you did that, copy the link and write down 10 people you're going to invite to the stop nearest to them. Maybe it's your friend on the basketball team who liked the AOC Green New Deal video that you shared today, which was awesome. And maybe it's your uncle who worked in the mines and always has questions you don't know how to answer. And maybe it's a teacher or mentor in your life who inspired you to join this movement. Anyone and everyone. So take a sec and I'll give you a sec to write down 10 people who you can invite to tour. Start start writing and write their first names in this chat just as you think of them for accountability. I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait for you to do it. Those first names, throw them in the chat. And right after this call, you're, you're gonna send those messages. And it's not all hard work because you're inviting your friends to a tour stop and if four of them show up, we're giving you a free Sunrise t-shirt for your leadership because that's what it is. When you bring people in, that's leadership. And I'm going to give you guys a minute to make sure everyone has a plan to invite those friends. So keep keep the names coming. Those first names are the people you want to bring in. Okay, we're getting up. Oh, some people are thinking. Okay. Keep going. I'll give you a few more seconds. Great. Okay, keep it going, guys. I don't think Varshney will feel interrupted if you keep doing it. But, um, Varshney, I think I'm going to kick it back to you as people keep their eyes on their prize and, and keep, keep putting in those names. Back to you. Awesome. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, thank you for all of that. And also, thank you for the insight into the work that you all have been doing to make this happen. It's, it's an unbelievable endeavor. And honestly, y'all, these events are not going to be the same without you and without your people. So um, keep filling out those names and, and reach out to folks and reach out to us if you need any kind of help to make it happen. Um, so like Jeremy, I have also packed my bags, not as fully as I would have wanted to. I got to go do the rest of that tonight. Um, but I'm kind of nervous to be packing it all up and basically living in a van for the next like 
five weeks as we take off across this country. Um, and when we met last last year in June with Jeremy, I could have never imagined that we'd be doing this together. So it's very exciting. And I'm excited to meet all of you along the way. We'll keep you posted. You should follow. Um, I'm going to be tweeting and Instagramming and maybe Facebooking uh, the whole trip uh, for my personal account. But you should also follow Sunrise MVMT. Um, on Twitter and Instagram and also just Sunrise Movement on Facebook to follow along with all the updates. We will be definitely keeping you up to date on, um, you know, everything from how moving and epic the events are to, you know, the squabbles that we're having in the minivan that we're packed into driving across the nation. And I can't drive, so uh, other people will be driving. I'm 18, <laughs> I, you know, but it takes a while to get it. So we got, and the, uh, there are like a bunch of other people on the crew who are amazing. Amazing. Julia and Susha and Jesse's going to be there. Diana, Katie, this whole gang of drivers. And of, we've got all these different roles in the van too that are going to be fun. So, yeah. Poor kids. Awesome. Um, so, we're just waiting for one more minute as uh, Abdullah, Dr. Abdul El Sayed is coming on, who is a fantastic and super inspiring speaker. Um, we actually endorsed his Sunrise Movement endorsement his run to become the governor of Michigan. He's done incredible work uh, protecting people's water and access to health care and health in the state of Michigan, um, endorsed and supported a Green New Deal right away, and is just doing really brilliant work in, in the state of Michigan as well. And we'll be speaking at the, um, at the Detroit stop. So that is, it's going to be really exciting. So that's that. Wait, now let me show you how they do it. Because this is going to really piss you off. All right, you guys. So let me see if I can make this bigger so you can see it better. You can. So let me go to it. Middle and high school support 2020 headquarters. Are you, are you seeing that? Can you guys see that? Are you seeing that? So this is, this is real stuff. They're coming after kids that are minors, okay? Um, let me see if I can make this any bigger for you guys so you can see it bigger. All right, let me see if that's better for you. Yeah, better? All right. They recruit from the schools. It's the teachers. So I want you to pay attention to this because... Uh, this is going to really, really piss you off. So here they put the team members that are people like Jeremy, but older. Um, so Sunrise, Mackay, M-O-C-H-A-I, department directors, right? Bring more high school leaders into advisory role, future voter name. Are we dropping this? Have we? These are all what they were doing during the COVID lockdowns, okay? I can't share what they're doing now yet. But these are things that they've discussed. Wait, you're going you're gonna to get really sick in a second. So what they did, calls, organization, these are all what they've been doing. Um, how they've been doing it, um, admissions, uh, let's see, summit in actions, what worked well during actual summit in action, 
Nobody didn't want to get arrested, got arrested. Uh, nobody who didn't want to get arrested got arrested. We got through security, no problem. All the things that could have gone wrong didn't. The art was so cool. People were really happy. No one got hurt. Only one person used drugs. No one got lost. We all had chaperones who were really ready to step it up and were confident in what they were doing. Did you see that? Nobody who didn't want to get arrested got arrested. So there are people who wanted to get arrested. What didn't work, minor support stuff in general. Um, the team wasn't fully equipped. Minors at three-day-long three event, you know, because they're kids, right? It's really hard. So they saw that they needed more nannies and uh, people like that. Uh, talking about chatting in action and worried about child endangerment. Um the first is that the green team didn't feel as important as the red team. Also, it was scary. People had signs. It was just scary because people thought they'd be arrested. Yes, we knew it'd be hard for green team, but it was more scary than we thought. People who weren't U.S. citizens especially, right? Um, there were some blurred lines between people who were 18 and who, and who were chaperones. It got to the point where people were like, as long as I have an 18-year-old with me, I'm fine, right? Uh, there were some problems with training the team and inclusivity, problems with the training persistent. They're talking about this, right? And here, the coolest thing Sunrise has ever done. Um, so high school and middle school summit recruitment and acceptance will probably be about 140 people. The venue, they got it, housing, chaperones, good, food, good, team is gonna talk tonight. Update, going well, two minors are going to get arrested, their parents will be in DC, our lawyers is down to support. Listen to this, two minors are going to get arrested, right? So they were planning to have children get arrested and their parents would be in D.C. So the lawyer that they had would be supporting that. Again, two minors are going to get arrested. High school and middle school action. Do you understand that? They are putting minors' lives in danger, and no one is doing anything about this, and they think that they're peaceful. They're coercing children to get arrested. And their parents support that shit because they were down there organizing it, right? This is, this is a very big deal. Uh, nine people are on the red team. We might plug in some DC hub people. Let's keep teenagers on the front lines. Um, Here's what they're doing, onboarding, training, retreat. So this is where they do that altar shit, that cult stuff, right? Uh, do we want volunteers there or not? Um, what are we doing? Has everyone booked travel, right? Because these kids don't go there on their own dime. Some of them do, but most of them, it's like they get paid. Um, do we have a final head count? 160. I think we'll go down a few. We won't go higher than 160. Who did we end up recruiting as those 15 and 20 extra people? We aren't really sure. So they're just recruiting people. Housing. 
St. Stephen's secured. Epiphany, Deidre is in the process of locking it down. Luis is a chaperone. Leftover group, we don't think we need this because a lot of people are doing their own housing. How will we split up the group? 18-year-olds at Epiphany, we will need to sort this out soon. Are you kidding? Could you just imagine what's going on in these things? High school action, right? This is coaching and strike circles. This is the type of stuff that they do. They coach them, they teach them, they walk them through all of this stuff. They have high school and middle school. Middle school where girls are just getting their period. Some of them are still losing fucking teeth, right? And they have them out there arranging who's getting arrested and who's not, having them go to altars and put shit on there and, you know, swear an allegiance to some crap. And it's usually those children like Jeremy who were kick buckets at school. Nobody liked, and suddenly he feels great because they're stroking his ego. This is the, this is how you get cults going, okay? By making feel people feel important, just like you saw it on Twitter with all your friends, and I'm sure a lot of you felt that too, with all these people following you, feeling like, oh, shit, you know, I'm somebody now. Everybody likes to feel like somebody. Everybody does. And they prey on that. They really prey on it. And this is why we had so many QD coders lose their mind, you know, when Twitter took everything away. Uh, it's like a withdrawal thing. They have a problem with it. Look at all this stuff, guys. The calls, the what they're doing. It's so disgusting. Logistics, money, who does the money? Where are they training? Where are they doing workshops? This is their training manuals, okay? This is how they train children. This is disgusting, you guys. Disgusting. This is how they did the whole insurrection. But wait, there's more. Let me take you to how it's not just the... the actual riots that they do, right? It's not just that. It's more than that. Hold on. Let me get that for you. It's way more than that. Let me share it. Let me see if I have it here. Oh, let me show you the ritual. Here we go. These are the rituals, uh, the document with the rituals. Give me a second. Let me pull it up so I can expand it so you guys can see it. Okay. Let me see if you can see it because I can't. All right. There we go. So this is how they do the rituals. All right. It's 30 minutes. Ground the room in the stakes of the climate crisis. Create trust within the group and build emotional cohesion. Then you set up an trainer story. Set up trainer story about impacts of climate change on their life connected to their object. Participants share a story of objects, whatever they bring. If it's, uh, you know, a teddy bear, a photograph, a watch, you know, a person, fuck knows what it is. And remember, whoever's connected to that item, you should bring them along, right? This is what they say. So... Um, the participant each share their story of their object and why it's important to them. And then they build an altar with their shit. Okay. 
and it's like, you know, five minutes with a partner, why that object and what you're fighting for one sentence about your partner to the whole group. And then you place the object on the altar. And then everyone says together, I'm fighting for that too. And then they sing a song that says, I don't come here alone. Like guys this is so crazy. Table to use as an altar, optionally. Scarf, tablecloth, candles, flowers make the table more like an altar. Um, I don't come here alone. Written up on butcher block. Lyrics to our song, an energizer bank. Remind participants before training to bring an item. Remind participants earlier in the day to have their object to symbolize what they're fighting for. Um, object for trainer who's telling a story and climate impact story from trainers. So the trainer has to have an object for their story, whatever story they're going to tell and how the climate, Im uh, how climate Im impacts them uh, in a story to tell all of them. Here's the script. Okay. Give some explanation of what we're going to do. Trainer will share a story about the impact of climate change on them will resonate People will similarly share their story and object in pairs, and then we'll place our objects at the altar. Because this is a ritual, bring your own heart will matter. Here's an example script. Climate change affects every one of us. Each of us has something to lose to the climate crisis and something to gain from coming together and fighting for the Green New Deal. Throughout our work, we believe in the importance of grounding ourselves in the climate crisis that we are facing. We're going to spend some time today sharing what we're fighting to protect from climate change. I hope everyone remembered their object. If you didn't, we'll give you a second to grab it or put something on a piece of paper that will represent it. Ideally, the person facilitating this intro section should not be the same as the person sharing. Invite the other trainer or participant, if prepared, to share their story. That should take about three to five minutes. Stories should be vulnerable in order to allow space for others to be vulnerable as well. The story does not need to be about major climate disaster. In fact, it may be easier for some people to relate if it isn't. It needs to be real and about what you're scared about and what you're fighting for and how it connects to the object you brought. Guys, seriously, I want to fucking sign up for one of these groups just to go there and tell a story and fucking bring them a dildo and put it there and say, I want to protect it. As a trainer, take a moment, share a moment when you really are in, when you really were emotionally present as they spoke, get a few quality residents from the group. Can we all take a deep breath together? Guys, this is crazy. They're telling them how to lure them in. They have to explain to you, remind. If you have a talkative group over 20, explain, because I want to honor all our stories in time. I may interrupt if people share more than a line or two, just so we have time for everyone to share. This gives you permission to stick to time if you need to move people along a little bit. If you have a very large group over 35, you will have to change the design. Have everyone stand in a circle around the altar. Have people go around the circle at one time, place their object, and say what they're fighting for in one sentence. Fuck, they even want to speed the process up. Um, for example, the trainer says, I'm fighting for my home in the state of Montana, and prompt everyone to reply, and I'm fighting for that too. You see how that works? And here's the song. <laughs> 
I don't come here alone. I carry my people in my bones. I don't come here alone. If you listen, you can hear them in my soul. That's the song. This is generally a good time for a meal or evening break. Stop. Stop. Where are these kids' parents? Where are these kids' parents? Where are their parents? Okay, this is a type of shit that they're exposing these kids to. And I know we want to laugh at them and call them retards because I'm sorry. Not my fault. Everybody hates that word now. And it's like, so everybody wants to mock them. And I don't see why everyone's got their panties in a twist because, yeah, they're super mockable right now. Okay, because, you know, singing Kumbaya with your object is like, so what? So satanic. Hello. But here's the thing. This cult doesn't just hang out in basements or in these, you know, uh, weird little facets and spaces, right? It's at your mayor's office. So there was a world mayor summit. I fucking kid you not. You should find out if your local mayor contributed in this type of child abuse so here's a document. This is from 2019, not showing you anything recent as to this yet. So C40, World's Mayor Summit, is C40's milestone event, serving as a unique forum for member cities to represent the innovative actions they have taken to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and to improve climate resilience. Influence decision makers from fellow mayors to CEOs and national leaders to take the bold and urgent action needed to keep global temperature rise below 1.5 Celsius and inspire participants and citizens to take climate action into their own lives. So please add your name next to an idea. Here they are. Sunrise Movement LA is heavily vested in LA and currently reviewing Mayor Garcetti's um, Green New Deal. But look at these things, okay? These are what they did in 2019. So find out. Brazil, Youth Engagement, El Juan Mundo, and Fridays for Future, Climate Change Coalition, CCCCCCC. Kayati is talking about exploring crowdsourcing data to support climate change initiatives of the C40 cities and others. Example of New York City Parks Initiatives. These are these are all their plans, right? Goals, what they want to do, mindful time. We only have two months, they said. Um, this is how they want to put it together. Identify three top problems. Let's get it together. Discussion with Agathe, of course. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Working calls. They do this as a full-time job. Oh, C40 cities, Cairo, New York City, Sao Paulo, Rotterdam, Bang, Alora. See, these are, these are not just problems in our backyard. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. It is the most disgusting thing you can watch. It is so sad to watch them pounce on these young people. Here's what happened on, Jan on June 28th, 2021 with the Sunrise Movement. I want you guys to pay attention because while many of us see them as dildo waivers, these are the people that are going to be turning on the ovens because you're a problem to the climate. The climate crisis will not wait 
for Joe Biden's bipartisan BS. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> My whole life, politicians have lied to us. They sold out. They broke their promises. Look at the little girl down here. She doesn't look more than like, what, 12? What the fuck is she doing there and where's her mother? Look at these children. Did you see that little girl right there? She's on the news channel. Nobody's asking a question what this little kid's doing here. No one? It's okay? They're all yelling at Biden, of course, because they want him to do what, he, what they say. <laughs> and they will torch that shit down if he doesn't. Because remember, they had a cult initiation. Wow. They have driven us into this climate crisis. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. When I was five years old, a wild climate caused wildfires surrounded my house on three sides. I felt the smoke in my lungs. I saw the fire. I saw the fear. I saw the fear in people's eyes were usually so damn calm. My babysitter, Nancy, she brought us all together in one room and she said, we gotta take care of it. We gotta take care of ourselves. She had a babysitter. We did it. We rose to the her babysitter Nancy took them all into a room, and they rose together. Challenge. We decided that we were going to fight that fire. And when I drove away and watched my home receive, my dad stayed there to fight that fire. That summer, I learned when disaster strikes, we take care of each other. Every year since then, I've lived through another wildfire season. Yeah? And when the politicians, the politicians sitting in that house right there, they value their fossil fuel billionaires over us, over the people. And when they go back with their promises, when they abandon us, leave our houses burning, when they break their promises, what do we do? We fight back. Stop. Okay. Look at the guy holding the sign. This guy, total pedo. I mean, that's the type of vibe he gives me. He might not be, but think about it. They have these children with these adults that nobody knows that volunteer that are all insane. Who really knows what goes on? I mean, maybe they turn him out. I mean, you saw how Jeremy was. I'm not going to let my county and my state burn without a good goddamn fight. Yeah! That is why I marched. I marched 266 miles, paradise to San Francisco. Yeah! I pushed out some Democratic leadership to demand a fully funded civilian climate corps. Yeah! And while our feet were hitting the pavement, our feet were walking. Joe Biden in that house was negotiating away our future with Republicans. <laughs> well, he was negotiating away our future, where he was breaking his promises to our generation. We were fighting. We were organizing. We were on the ground, and we talked to folks when we were on the ground. We talked to folks who had lost their homes to wildfires. We talked to people who were ready for good work. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Coming back from California, I can tell you that we are ready. We
We're ready for good work. We're ready for justice. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. We are here to win a fully funded jobs and climate plan. Yeah. We're ready to take back our home. Our generation is ready to take back our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We are here for the first summer of the Green New Deal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, now they're using the Native Americans to, 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 Look at them, they're all Indian Collective kids. is an indigenous organization dedicated to building indigenous power. I also speak to you as the third congressional district representative of Minnesota's Environmental Quality Board. The EQB is a regulatory regime in charge of Minnesota's environmental impact statements, environmental adjustment worksheets, and these two portions of Minnesota's Environmental Protection Act enable the state to act as thoughtful stewards to protect the community. I get a little nervous. Did you hear what he said? He said that he's part of the uh, third district of the regime that oversees, uh, you know, ecological impact. What the fuck does that even mean? It's so horrible. But wait, I'm only going to show you a small clip before we shift gears because I want to get into movie night. Um, this is from the University Duke University of Law, okay? And the title of this is Back to the Future, America's Youth Organizing for Environmental Justice. Whoa. Whoa. Good day, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to the final session of Community Visions for Environmental Justice. My name is Jameson Christopher Davis. I am current co-chair of the Environmental Justice Law Society at Vermont Law School, also known as EJLS. I am joined by past co-chair and co-host for today's event, Ariel King. On behalf of the Environmental Justice Law Society, I welcome you to our panel titled Back to the Future, America's Youth, Organizing for Environmental Justice. EJLS is now in his third year partnering with- Do you guys, okay, so this is Jameson Davis, he, him, his, fuck. Do you guys remember how prestigious it was to say that you got into Duke for law school? Fuck that, fuck that. It's not prestigious anymore, it's a piece of shit, period. So to shift gears, I think we should listen to a song because it's going to be quite relevant with what we're going to talk about, okay? So this song actually has lyrics too, so let's get it going. 
refill our coffee cups, tea, grab a Coke. And I'll see you in four minutes. Memory of how our freedom was one fades like fireworks smoke on the horizon, and I'm searching for someone who empathizes, but everyone around me closes their eyes. So I walk alone down these once bustling streets without seeing the smiles. On the faces I meet Cause these masks suffocate Every breath of light That once made this place The world's brightest side Yes, it is. Because now we have mayors and governors and so-called presidents and you name it telling you that they can force you to put a vaccine in your body. Even making statements as we can make it such. Well, let me show you what a future of controlling a population does. See, the minute that they own you, the minute that you allow them to own you as their cattle, right? Channel, cattle, right? Then you are treated as such by those in power. So I want to just there's a panel that went on and I was watching this and I was sick to my stomach because a lot of people don't seem to understand what the future is. Remember China started all this a couple decades ago. And right now we're at the point where they're amplifying, expediting and ushering it in. It won't take four decades to get to this point, right? It'll take a couple of years <laughs> actually for human organ transplant, transport rather. Uh, the first green passage lanes in Kashgar and Urumqi were initiated in 2016 by China's most prolific heart surgeon, Dr. Chen Jingyu. Now the population using these airports are by Chinese standards ridiculously small. The channels thus were openly labeled special passengers, human organ exportation lane, that is outgoing only. Point seven, the logistics of harvesting from Aksu to the East Coast. Now, all of these elements, the hospital, the camps, a crematorium, come together in one single square kilometer in Aksu Prefecture. Two camps built to hold around 50,000 prisoners, a pre-existing transplant hospital built into one of the camps, a huge crematorium less than a kilometer away, and a 20-minute drive to an airport with a green channel established by Southern China Airlines. Now, one end user is the first hospital in Jiaxing province. In 2017, liver transplants increased by 90%. Uh, kidney transplants increased by 200%. On March 1st, 2020, first hospital successfully performed the first double lung transplant on a COVID patient, an advertisement for foreign organ tourists that even during the COVID-19 health crisis, China's transplant apparatus was open for business. Point nine, uh, point eight, rather, witnesses to genocide. Now, there are two kinds of people who leave the camp. Uh, the first are young people. They're about 18 years old. The announcement they're graduating is usually made during lunch. 
or they call it graduating, they're going to be exploited for their labor at a factory out east. Uh, the second group is aged between 25 to 35, and that's the one of interest here. In fact, the average age is often 28 or 27. These, this is the exact stage of physical development that the Chinese medical establishment prefers for organ harvesting. Now, following a camp-wide physical examination, some are given check marks and other identifiers based on their blood tests. Then they're taken in the middle of the night. About 2.5 to 5% of the camp disappears this way annually. So estimate for minimum disappearances, uh, if we're assuming 1 million in the camps, 2.5% annual disappearances, uh, at a minimum, 25,000 human beings disappear from the camps annually, 68 people a day. Uh, you can double that for the high estimate. Now, point nine is that these findings simply can't be explained by other theories, uh, but time is running short, so let me skip to the policy, which I call, in very Chinese fashion, the three no's and the four yeses. <laughs> uh, the first no is no more calls for answers or explanations from the Chinese medical authorities, please. It simply encourages them to make up numbers. In the case of voluntary donations, numbers which have been thoroughly debunked by Levy, Hind, and Robertson. So this has essentially become a game where we ask and, and they lie, uh, but approximately 100 people are being harvested every day and we shouldn't be playing games. No more calls for Western or UN official investigations. This is our scare tactic and it won't work. The Chinese state will present investigators with the Xinjiang Potemkin village as they did with the BBC. If the world needs a textbook on the evidence, uh, look no further than the London China Tribunal. It only takes a couple of weeks to read it. Uh, for something shorter, uh, look to Robertson's report for victims of communism last year. Third, no more reforms. The Chinese had their chance in 2012. There were plenty of fellow travelers in the TTS, the Transplantation Society, the Vatican, and the World Health Organization to hold their hands during that process. Now, the world would have probably ignored the death count at that point. All the Beijing had to do was to stop harvesting Falun Gong. Instead, the Chinese transplant system continued and then doubled down on the Uyghurs. Okay, so turning to the yeses now, the West is faced with a nearly identical challenge that we faced when we discovered that Soviet psychiatrists were torturing political dissidents under the cover of mental health. There are three differences now. First, we actually know more about the Chinese transplant system than we ever knew about the Soviet mental health system. Second, Western medical representatives claim they believe in China's transplant reforms. Even as Huang Jiefu is openly calling the Huang Jiefu, the master of ceremonies for China on, on, on organ harvesting, is openly calling for more transplant volume. By contrast, the world Psychiatric Association shunned any contact with Soviet psychiatrists and denounced the Soviet mental health hospital system every single year until the Soviet Union collapsed. Third, there was no money stream between the Soviet psychiatric system and the West, but there's a quiet gold rush to exploit the growth in China's transplant system through Western sales of bioglue, immunosuppressive drugs, robotics, and until one year ago, portable ECMO machines, which Germany specialized in. It is obvious that the Western medical world will continue to legitimize Chinese medical atrocities through organizations 
such as the Transplantation Society and the World Health Organization, as long as the prospect of financial gain exists. So basically, when you go to the re-education camps, you are at their mercy. You are now a person that they will harvest for the highest bidder. Why would the who and the rich and famous allow you, the peasant, to have any rights? You have no rights. You're a threat to society. You're a threat to the health of society. We must retrain you. Oh, and if I can't take any of your organs, then, you know, fertilizer is great, glue is great, you know, stuff like that. So let's take a listen to what they're saying. And I want you guys to listen carefully to CNN. It is so important that you listen because the media has realized that they lost their power and they know that it's the media, it's the people talking, that's the problem. And here's Fareed Zakaria telling the world how people need to shut the fuck up and take the vaccine because they know they can't force it. There is one striking thing that distinguishes this pandemic from all previous ones in history. The speed with which humankind came up with a vaccine. It is unprecedented and still breathtaking that within months of the arrival of a novel virus, scientists were able to develop and test several vaccines that all proved to be highly effective at preventing serious illness. But what science has given, politics seems to be taking away. Despite having ample supplies of the vaccine, America is stuck with roughly 60% of the adult population fully vaccinated, ensuring that the pandemic will linger, perhaps forever. Given the tools to end this tragedy, we are choosing to live with it. As The Economist points out, the anti-vax movement in America today is unprecedented. There have always been people who have objected to vaccinations, but they were on the fringe, a smattering... Do you see why President Trump keeps saying, get the vax? ...of naysayers. The price of these rejectionists was usually small, a few outbreaks of measles every now and then. This time, it's different. In the midst of a raging pandemic that has killed 600,000 Americans, we have seen the rise of a vast right-wing conspiracy theory about the vaccines. It has been stoked by influential figures in the conservative media and tolerated, even encouraged, by powerful Republican politicians. The results are damning. As of June, 86% of Democrats had received at least one dose, compared with just 52% of Republicans. All the states with the lowest levels of vaccination, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Wyoming, and Louisiana, voted heavily for Donald Trump. Barely half of Republican House members report being vaccinated. Now, for all you out there that keep saying, well, why does he keep pushing the vaccine? Dude, if he didn't make the vaccine experimental, your ass would have been done now because he knew that they were going to steal it. And if he wouldn't have said, yes, take the vaccine, they would have hung him. And now he's been telling people, take the vaccine. They're still sticking it. It's all about Trump. It's all about Trump. It's all about Trump. He's dangerous. It's all about Trump. Do you see it? 
Do you see it now? Now, anti-vax sentiment is not just an American problem. In many places around the world, there are segments of the population, often rural, often less educated, who are vaccine hesitant. But there are few equivalents anywhere in the world of what's happened in America, where major political... He's got sirens going on in the background. Did you guys hear that? Hold on. What's happened in America, where major political forces have been propagating misinformation consistently on a wide scale about a deadly disease. In fact, American misinformation has now gone global, legitimizing and encouraging anti-vaxxers around the world. Like the U.S., France has had high levels of anti-vax sentiment, but political leadership seems to be changing things there. President Emmanuel Macron recently announced that health workers would be required to get vaccinated and the unvaccinated would not be allowed to enter restaurants and cafes, go to theaters and cinemas. Yeah, but see, you know, the French, they're not a democracy. They're communists. They're realizing it now. The French are realizing what socialism is and what they sacrifice when they join the European Union. Or take trains and planes. This new vaccine passport has drawn loud protests but millions of French people have signed up for the vaccine since Macron announced these rules. Although France's opposition leaders oppose the policy as heavy-handed, they are not spreading misinformation about vaccines. President Biden needs to get tough. He should explain that while we cherish freedom in America, you do not have the right to do anything and everything when it endangers the lives of others. You can't even fucking prove it endangers anybody. You see where they're going with this? They have to prove that there is a danger and they can't. So they're manufacturing it. You understand? This is why the letter that we are going to send out is so important. Because they forget that the Constitution does not get thrown in the bin, doesn't burn up, and doesn't kneel to any pandemic. It doesn't kneel to any. This is why it was even harsh with the Greek church. Like the fuck you mean we're not getting communion from the same spoon or cup because of COVID. 2,000 years, there have been plagues like crazy. No church has ever called for that. Where's your faith? Bullshit. This is what they're doing. The media is like, you need to get up. You need to. Well, you know what, Fareed? You can go to France and live. You can go to a socialist nation. I've been around you little twat and i didn't give you anything and i am just fine i am sick i am fat i'm a smoker and okay i'm different but still i haven't gotten sick you're the only one that claims it others or places burdens on them here are some things that you are forced to do even in america go to school pay taxes register for the draft if you are male serve on a jury there are also many things that you are not allowed. You are forced to go to school? Um, actually, we want an educated population and having access to education is a good thing. But in essence, you're not really forced. We don't see the fucking Amish being forced to do anything. So that's a lie. Allowed to do that might be mistakenly seen as involving no one else. You may not buy or sell controlled substances, litter on public streets, make loud noise after certain hours, and so on. If you drive a car, you are required to get a license, buy insurance, wear a seatbelt. So he's telling you all these things that you're required to do, so you should just be required to take medicine because they said so. Obey street signs and speed limits, have the car inspected, and not drink alcohol before driving. 
If you want your children to go to a public school in America, they must be vaccinated. These are all mandates because seemingly private actions actually impose public costs. You yeah, let me ask you a question. If your kid goes to school and is forced to have a COVID vaccine, right, and you come up with a paper that's all bullshit and they catch you that it's a forgery and they take you to court, can they can they prosecute you for a crime? No. I'm sorry. I did this because I need my kid to go to school. And apparently I'm not free. Fucking sue us. Take us to fucking jail. Let's see how that works because you can't. And you know what they need to do? They need to make a congressional law for it. And you know what we need to do? Mm -hmm. Make sure we stop them in their tracks. And so this is why we're going to give the attorney generals 10 fucking days. 10 days, right? From Hoffa's anniversary until August 9th. August 10th, we start filing in court. Should not have the right to spread disease and occupy a precious hospital bed. Some Republican politicians and conservative media figures are finally urging people to get vaccinated, but they may be too late, as they did with the rise of Donald Trump. The allegations of voter fraud and the accusations of a stolen election. The Republican Party has indulged its crazies for too long, fanning the flames of falsehood and creating a miasma of misinformation. Even now, leading Republican governors like Ron DeSantis are pandering to their base by making it illegal to require proof of vaccination in Florida. Republicans say that they are for economic growth and against lockdowns, but it is the Republican Party and the conservative... We don't have the lockdown. If you're sick, you're sick. Period. That's it. You want a lockdown? You see how the countries and the cities happen? Here you go. Media by their actions and negligence that are endangering America's economy and far more importantly, the lives of its people. So, okay, so tomorrow, you guys that are in your states group, uh, I'm assuming around, hold on, let me check my phone. I'm gonna check what time. So tomorrow's Friday and tomorrow's a very busy day for me. Uh, I have a meeting to actually hand deliver something. Um, let me just pull it up so I could tell you guys what we're doing. So, where is it? I'm trying to pull up my calendar and it's not being my friend right now. Okay, here we go. Um, view. I have all these passwords and shit, you know. Give me a sec. All right, four. Okay, so um, to I would say that around. Okay, so I would say between. Oh, that's like late Eastern time, isn't it? Because I'm going to be on a different time zone. So I'm trying to think. Um, shoot, I'm going to shoot for between 8.30 and 9.30, um, Eastern time and, um, around 9.30 Eastern time. If not, it'll have to be fuck, like midnight Eastern time. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to make it work. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with your guardians because Saturday you need to be armed with two stamps. Those of you that want to send it, um, you know, re registered delivery, obviously it's not two stamps. We'll have that ready. Um, so you guys can edit it, uh, put your name, your state and send it off. Now, um, we'll be coordinating. I know that there are a couple lawyers already uh, that are going to be filing in their states. Uh, you don't have to be a massive lawyer, but I know that they're going to be working on that uh, regardless in order to um, file a writ of mandamus uh, in your state. We'll get that sorted. Um, we'll do it in every single fucking state at the same time. Uh, so we can, we can get that done. So I just wanted to say, um, oh man, because tomorrow it's like so crazy. Um, I'll let you guys know how my meeting went though around, well, you know, I'll telegram it. So, um, I've just been really, really all over the place. So yeah, we're going to be sending that out on, um, Saturday. And that's because everyone's most people that are nine to fivers aren't working. Um, and it's a lot easier, uh, to get it done. Um, but we will give them the opportunity to do so. We will say, um, that, um, damn, I'm going to be in like three different time zones tomorrow. <sighs> Dead drops, right? <laughs> so, um, I want you guys to know um, this is our 1776. You can let them say whatever they want. The law says different. We all have rights. That plunker from CNN is such an idiot trying to tell us these things. Uh, you know how we have to be forced to do all this. So just suck it up and do this. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. See, everything else we've all agreed to, right? We've agreed that every child should get education because there are parents that use children for other purposes. This is how we protect them. Uh, we've agreed uh, that we shouldn't be drinking and driving because that does put a lot of people at risk. And sometimes that helps us too. So we're fine with that. And, but I'm of the fact that, you know, if you want to do drugs, if you want to, you know, go kill yourself, you should be more than able to. I mean, we do have, what is it called? How are they telling us about the vaccine, but they're okay with choosing when to die and killing yourself in Oregon? It's just so weird. It's so freaking weird. Assistance, assisted suicide, but um, you can't do that. That's so bizarre. So anyway, uh, I'm going to end today uh, and I will have movie night right after it. Obviously I won't be, I won't be streaming it like talking. It'll be straight watch party. So those of you that are on Twitch, um, obviously this feed will end in order for me to get the movie going. I'm really excited to watch it. I'm actually going to put in a bag of popcorn so it can start popping. Uh, the minutes, um, we go, I mean, guys, we're going to do whatever it takes, right? It's our country. God bless. Falling too fast to prepare.
prepare for these Tripping in the world could be dangerous Everybody's circling as vultures Negative, nepotist Everybody's waiting for the fallen man Everybody's praying for the end of times Everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run, I was born for this Whip, whip, run me like a race horse Pull me like a ripcord Break me down and build me up I wanna be the slip, slip Word upon your lip, lip Letter that you rip, rip Break me down and build me up Whatever it takes Cause I love the eternal